please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome back to uh, the Vagabond Exchange podcast, episode 10, part 2. Uh, we wouldn't. We promised we wouldn't leave you in suspense for long, so we're just picking up on um, some topics from our previous podcast. I'm Emily. I am William. Welcome back. Before we get, we wanted to uh, tell you about our Chicago Cub Wrigley Field adventure, but before right. we started, we actually wanted to ask uh, Seattle Joe how he heard about the show. Right. How'd you find us, Joe? We're we're on a couple of different websites, but it, it's kind of hard to tell, uh, especially with iTunes, mm-hmm. you know, who's logging in or how many people are logging in to listen. Right. So uh, just let us know how you found out about us, and uh, we'd appreciate it. That's right. So anyway... Um, Chicago, uh, the last loved. thing we talked about was the boat tour. That's right, that we loved. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what we did after that? <clears throat> we went and had deep dish. Oh, yeah. At Gino's West. I don't remember if it was Gino's West or Gino's East. Whatever's on Superior. It was next door to our hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mm. yummy. But I'm not a huge fan of deep dish. I have to say that. I'm not either. I mean, I like I like pizza. I know you like pizza, mm-hmm. but I don't really like deep dish. No, I kind of prefer thin slices. Right. Um, I like the New York style, like the flat, greasy yeah, New York style. That's good too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm eating a pie when I eat, which I guess pizza pie. Hello, but I feel like if I'm going to eat a pie, you should put some apples in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Plus, I don't. Right. Have a, it's a good point. Right. That is a good point. Um, plus, I don't have a, a, a very big appetite, so pretty much after one, one and a half slices of a deep dish pizza, I'm done. That's how I was, too. I felt like I was going to explode and after we had, one. Right. And we had a small fridge in our room, so we really, it was hard to store, you know, get a right. box. A small fridge that was full of, like, the o- overpriced beer and sodas at the hotel. Right. Ten dollar can of Red Bull. It exactly. probably wasn't that much, but it was. So it was like six. Was Hello, it? Yeah. I don't know. It was five. Oh, whatever. Um, More than what you'd pay at Walgreens, which is where we actually went to buy our beverages. Right. <laughs> uh, Walgreens. Um, I want to give props to the Walgreens on the corner of Chicago and Michigan. You helped us out in a bind. Twenty four hour Walgreens. Plastic cutlery. That's right. Skittles. That's right. Twix. Oh, yeah. Twix. Popcorn. It's very nice for a late night snack. So thank you. Um, but Gino's. A couple Gino's of good- is an establishment. We have to say that. It's right. like a Chicago. You have to go. Exactly. You have to. I think you should have deep dish if you go to Chicago. That's kind of important. Right. Um, but what I heard was that that actually is the original place where Gino's was in the 60s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it um, is it, the building has changed. They've. You know, built a new building or remodeled it or something, but it is the original location of Gino's. Okay. Cool. That's thing one. What um, were you going to say? No, I was going to say we um, we ordered we had a big salad, mm-hmm. a couple of beers. I Good the beer, beer yeah, too. I don't remember we had, but it was good. 
and the deep dish. And then our waitress, <laughs> I can't remember her name. I don't either, but she was great. She was great. And like you said, you, you thought she's probably been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. She's part of the established establishment. Right. Um, but she was very friendly. She cut out our pizza slices for us, mm-hmm. served them to us. Because it's kind of messy. If you've never had Chicago deep dish, it's basically like there's like a, a the bottom part of a pie crust. And then they layer in cheese and sauce and cheese and toppings. So it's a very saucy, it's like if you put spaghetti in a pie. That's kind of what it's like. Right. So it's a little messy and she helped us out because I wouldn't, I would have had trouble navigating that pizza yes. cutter. Yep. But she was very knowledgeable. And the other thing too to remember when you're eating deep dish is that it's going to take about 45 minutes to bake it. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, if you're in a crunch to your next event, it's probably a good idea to skip the deep dish and go when you have some time to spare. Right. We had a couple of hours before the ball game, so it was perfect. Right. So we finished eating our deep dish, mm-hmm. took the remains back to our room. Right. Headed right back out in our... Oh, I was dressed in my Wrigley Field sweatshirt in Chicago. I took mine with me. Yes, you did. <laughs> and then we went... You said it accusatory. No. Just because I was wondering... I, I was, was dressed in my Wrigley gear. I was afraid I was going to be hot. Oh, But it yeah. turned out that... Well, you know I get hot when I'm moving. Right. So when I said I wanted it, but I knew I'd be hot. First of all, smashed with, you know, 200 of my closest friends on the train. Yes. But once we got to the field, it was a little chilly. Yes. But we did. We took the red line um, from basically two blocks from our hotel. Dumps you right next to Wrigley. Um, so it's pretty convenient. It's like three bucks. Um, saw Wrigley. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Wrigley, William? Um, first of all, when we got off the train, and I mean, it's this isn't like a downtown area. It's kind right. of away from downtown. It's a, a landmark. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would dare allow the city to make any kind of changes to Wrigley Field. No. Um, so it's a little bit seedy, I think. Yeah. Don't you? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Uh, so. But I wasn't. I didn't feel nervous or scared or anything. Did you? No, I was a little bit nervous when we were leaving. Yeah, especially when we were getting on the train, it was a little sketchy. Yeah, but other than that, I felt I, I didn't. Felt fine. It's not the same feeling I had in, like in San Francisco. No, 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 no. And even in, I'm sure the Castro, I guess Tindall. What about District. Oakland? Oakland, you can't even put Oakland in the same category. <laughs> well, I was just you trying to get, a, I was trying to get a comparison. You're absolutely right, but I will never go back to Oakland. As Unless, long as you live. Uh, no. Okay. I'm sure there's a reason why I could go back, but I can't think of one right now. <laughs> what? What I'm saying is that I'm, I know. the subway you know. ride to AT&T Park in San Francisco feels like part of the experience. Right, exactly. Um, the subway ride to Wrigley Field was just a means of getting to Wrigley Field. Good point. Good point. Um, but we walked in. And I'm keeping in mind that this is not a new, renovated, freshly, squeaky clean place. Right. Um, We walk into the end of the staff there was nice. Very nice. Yes. And um, very helpful. Right. And and seemed to they were all but they were all men over the age of 60, I'd say. Except for the kid who. When we were going to our seats, you were, he was like, I know he has your ticket because yeah. you were like very concerned. Well, I couldn't understand. I we were having, I was flustered because I thought I had lost my ticket mm-hmm. and I had, for some reason I had on jeans that had 7,000 pockets and I had chosen to stick every receipt and piece of paper from that day in each one of those 700 pockets. Right. So I'm like, 
basically taking off my pants trying to get up the ramp and you had my ticket the whole time and he said I finally he said no I know he has your ticket and I didn't realize he had said he has your ticket beforehand oh. so he probably thought I was a dumbass like <laughs> looking for my and rightfully so right but he but was still, nice he was, he was very very sweet yes and we should mention that on our way in they were handing out bobblehead dolls yes yes it's the second time <laughs> yes tell them about the guy that well, it's the second time, actually, that we've gotten a bobblehead doll going into a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. The first time was a Grady Sizemore doll right. going into uh, Progressive Field in For Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. This time it was Billy Williams? Yes. Is that right? Yes. And they hand us the dolls. Immediately after we get the bobbleheads, there's this guy. He's probably three feet away from where these stacks of bobbleheads are being handed out. Right. And he says, uh, you want to sell me your doll? Um your bobblehead. You your bobblehead? I'll give you ten bucks for it. <laughs> and you just said no, or either that, or gave him a very intimidating deadpan stare. I, I I'd just like said to imagine no. it was the latter. Right. Well, because you're sinister. Ten bucks for a bobblehead. I would. I, I would have seen how high you would have gone. I would have given you mine. I'm just. I saying. don't know because it's part of the experience. We could have gone out and come back in, gone out and come back in another gate. Right? Think, yeah, that's a good idea. How would they have known? They don't take your ticket. Well, He's he could have done that then. Obviously, he had already... Well, Well, maybe that scanner thing tells you if it's already been scanned, you wouldn't get a bobblehead. Maybe. This is why I would have no future as a scam artist. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes, on to um, Wrigley. We did not sell our bobbleheads. Into Wrigley, we had seats down the first baseline, kind of towards the outfield. Right. Pretty good seats. Yeah, very good seats. You did um, good. Our particular section only had about 10 rows. Right. And we were in the 10th row. Right. Um, the sun was kind of blindingly coming down yeah. at that point. So the sun was coming down. It was a little bit warm when the sun was up, but it cooled off after it set. Right. And it set pretty much before the game started. Right. Yep. Which was perfect because there were a lot of foul, and we'll speak on this. Yes. But there were a lot of foul balls that kind of came into that area. Yes. And I did put on my sweatshirt at that point, friends. <laughs> so William wasn't by himself. Yes, so we were all decked out. That's right. Looking, we, too, looking, uh, looking like big old Cubs fans. Right. And once again, if we had a website, we could post our very nice <laughs> picture. The, the one thing that bothered me, I, I have to say I wasn't that impressed with it, with Wrigley Field. Right. But we've been spoiled. Right. Yes. And I feel I felt kind of bad for not liking it because I kind of consider myself to be a little bit of a purist because I don't really like like the the uh, parks that have a retractable roof. I think it kind of takes away from the feeling. Right. But I wanted my club level seat and my <laughs> and my indoor bathrooms and my like clean. Well, we'll talk about the bathrooms in a minute. Okay. But seriously. But uh, Wrigley is like a minor league park, kind of. That's it what it that felt like. It. Yeah, it's very small, very right. like intimate, right. intimate. The, Having uh, trouble with that today. The scoreboard was nice, though, kind of old school, right? And you could see them change out the the the, the hits. The hits. The, it, that was kind of cool. That was. Cool. It, I think everybody has to see Wrigley once, right? You if you're not go. a Cubs fan, you have to go at least once, right? If you are a Cubs fan, then go. You know, be rabid with your other. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing that bothered me, and this may not be, this may be because of the section we were in, mm-hmm. but it seemed like, on average, you had two vendors oh. going up and down the aisle a minute. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I've never, I don't think I have, we've been to a lot of ballparks. And I was, I kind of compared it to the seats that we've had when we've seen Cincinnati play before. Right. Because those are kind of, like, the, the level we were sitting on, it wasn't, um, it wasn't staggered very much, like, from row to row. And so you very easily could obstruct someone's view if you're walking up and down the stairs. Right. But I'm thinking about, like, Cincinnati. I know that they don't have that many vendors traipsing up and down those stairs. I mean, they, they would be, get congested. They would have, like, little clogs. Like, the hot dog guy would bump into the beer guy. Right. Yeah. It was annoying. That and was... the other annoying thing was that I don't know who those people were in our row that had to go to the bathroom or do whatever business they needed to do. They required six and seven trips apiece. We got up more in that game than we ever have, and we sit on the aisle all the time. Right. Then that—that's always a little annoying to me because I try to climb over the back of the seat if, especially, we were on the the back row. row, Yeah. yeah. (sighs) Silly Chicagoans. Just kidding. Two things we probably probably want to point out. Right. Um, And the game was good. Chicago lost. They were playing Houston, but anyway. Yeah. uh, And I'll let you because no, you. I don't. I don't know what you're gonna say. So go ahead. No, well, I don't recall going to the... Did I go to the restaurant? I don't think you did, which is unusual for you. Okay. I must have held it. Yeah. Which I think is it's probably because good... I couldn't find the men's room. I could find the women's room, but not the oh, men's Oh, really? Room. It was right before the, the women's room. Oh, okay. I, just, I, thought, I thought I told you that, but... Because I always try to scope it out if I go before you do. Oh. But the women's bathroom... Probably the worst. And I don't remember using... Actually, I think I did use the one in Oakland, and it wasn't that bad. This is a pretty disgusting bathroom like definitely a hover situation um and there was a huge line so you kind of like you know and there's just rows of stalls like you look down this you, and they have it set up so you come in one door and and go to the bathroom wash your hands and come out the other door well mm-hmm. hopefully wash your hands and so the first probably i don't know 30 feet of the bathroom is just wall-to-wall stalls on either side so you kind of feel like it's sort of like standing in line at the airport and, like, you don't know which kiosk is going to open up, so you're constantly, like, looking here, looking here, looking here. And then there's always someone behind you that's like, that one's open! As if they've, like, you know, got binoculars or something. It's like a mad rush. Exactly. To- and it's a very, like, pressure-filled situation, like, because, you, you know, you don't want somebody to get angry with you and just bypass you because you weren't paying attention. Right. But anyway, it's a little skanky in there. Which brings me to the woman who sat next to me. Speaking of skanky. Well, that's, yes, that was the second thing. No, I'll, you go ahead because you said it funnier than I did. What did I say? Oh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I guess I know the enthusiasm people get over grabbing a foul ball, mm-hmm. but I'm not one of those people. It would have to be Derek Jeter right, or some well-known ball player where I would actually kind of rabidly go And she was one. a Cubs fan, and it was... Um, no, it wasn't. Was it a cub that hit the foul It wasn't. Ball? She was She was all about Ryan Terrio, Therio, oh. however you say his name. But it wasn't him that, that hit the ball. No, I don't even think it was a cub that, that hit the ball. Right. Anyway, she was very jazzed about this foul ball to the point where she actually, and she was wearing a very short denim skirt, sat on my lap to try to get to the ball. Right. And, and she leaned all over me and yep. my beer. Yep. And I guess I said she was getting her skank juice on me. Mm-hmm. And your beer. And my beer. Would you still finish the beer? I did. I, I was more concerned with the beer than my fa- than that foul ball. <laughs> and then we had these three long-haired women that came. And That's their, the one problem of having where you, the, the cup holders. And it's really not anybody's. Yeah, it's really not anybody's fault. Because uh, if you have long hair... Unless you're like cognizant of the fact that it might be hanging down into somebody's beer, right? The 
it's right under there. It's yeah. not like it's an engineering issue. Yeah, but I don't know where where else would they put I the don't cup know. holders. I guess they could extend the arms a little bit and put them like at the, like they have them at the movies. Yeah, but you'd have to make more room. I wonder how what it's like in the at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think if we've I been to a ballpark where. I don't think so. Even AT and T, I guess they're on the backs. Yeah, and Comerica is the same. And I told you about well, Comerica, the Tiger Den is that the name of it? Oh yes, we had, had little, little side table. tables. Yeah. That's what that's what we need to do. Right. Um, one time I was at Comerica though, and there was a woman in front of me that had a weave, mm-hmm. and chunks of her weave were falling into mm-hmm. my beer. So I didn't drink it. Mm-mm. But yeah, that's a problem. So probably that's a million dollar idea is how do you engineer those seats so that the cup holder is inconspicuous yet not in harm's way. Right. Um, another million million dollar idea mm-hmm. is just, and I'm going off topic a bit, but we went to the movies today, spent $8 for a box of popcorn. Yeah. So if you can figure out a way to get popcorn into a movie theater, mm-hmm. like instant popcorn. Right, and so it's warm and delicious and buttery. Right. The way William likes it. Well, you don't like it. You like it buttery tasting, but not buttery like like liquid butter. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, I digress. Um, So (laughs) after the the ball game, I guess that's all we can say about the ball game, do you think? Yeah, that's really... I mean, I think think everybody should see Wrigley. Mm -hmm. It's fun, whatever. But it... um, but I wouldn't, I mean, unless I was like a huge Cubs fan, I probably wouldn't go back again. Right. Sorry. And I haven't been to uh, Kaminsky yet. No. So we'll have to go to a White Sox game mm-hmm. next time. Is it Kaminsky or is Kaminsky. it U.S. Cellular? I, I don't know what it is now. Okay. We'll look that up later. Frank, Sean. Yes, Frank. You can uh, enlighten <laughs> can you, us. Can you email us? There's a long drive. Way back in the left hand. Near the wall. Um, so we left the game. We took the train back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went and visited the rooftop lounge on the top of the Affinia Hotel. Yep. Which was fantastic. It was. That was very nice. Had a couple of uh, margaritas. Very good margaritas, too. Not nasty, like, sugary ones. They were, like, real margaritas. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, $12 margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> but they were delicious. They were. Um, nice music playing. Mm-hmm. It was a clear night. Oh, it was beautiful. So you could, you could look over the the city. Nice and cool. We had a nice little darkened area with mm-hmm. a, a table that had like, the table was, was lit. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it was very nice. It was nice. Nice way to, because that was the end of our trip pretty mm-hmm. much. That was our last night. Yeah. So, that was nice. And then uh, the next day we took a cab back to the airport. Mm-hmm. Much less eventful cab ride. Yep. Point A to point B without much issue. Yep, and I told the cab driver we're going to the Southwest Terminal, and he was like, there's only one terminal. <laughs> All right. Well, he, I think he knew what you meant. Yeah. Southwest. Well, then why did he have to say? Because uh, uh, yeah. he was being grumpy. And uh, Midwest, right? That's the... Uh, mid- Midway. Midway. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Yes. Through security, yes. Through security and through the Southwest line. Mm-hmm. That's so. probably the fastest I've ever been in and out of there, I think. Right. Although our flight got canceled. Yes. Which you called it when we got through security quickly. You said it. Everything's going too, too well. E- too well, yeah. yeah. Um, but they Southwest always does right by, by their passengers, I think. Right. Because they got us on another flight. We got decent seats. No no issues. Nope. 
Um, so that was it. That was yep. Chicago. Great time. Shed a little tear. We always get a little depressed when we get back home. <laughs> yes. And uh, But the great thing is we try to have another trip planned. Or in not, the back of our minds. Right. In the not-too-distant future. Yes. So uh, Seattle. Look out, Seattle one. Joe. William's going to have his eye out for you. That's right. Put away um, the cleaver. <laughs> you have got to be nice <laughs> to Seattle Joe. All right. I cannot believe that you are doing this to like our one... Admitted the only listener that has admitted, like in a public forum, that he listens to us. I cannot believe that you would. Just dropping hints in case something happens. Joe, I am so sorry. I don't know where this bad behavior is coming from. I'll correct it immediately. Um, One thing we left out is that our homeless run in. We always have a run in with a homeless person. We sure do. We sure do. And so this time it wasn't a bad run in, but the guy was. But funny. Yeah, he was singing. New additions, can you stand the rain? Well, first he asked for money, and we, we walked past him. And I always, like, tighten a little inside because I know you want to give the homeless people money. Right. But I don't want to, like, give you crap about it because we've had issues with that in the past. But uh, this guy came and asked us for money. We both kept walking. He then followed us at about three feet behind us and sang, Can you stand the rain? I was like, hey, that's new addition. (laughs) And then you probably tipped him for his little serenade as we walked down the sidewalk. I don't have a problem with giving homeless. The thing is, I always wonder, I always think this could be me. Mm -hmm. You're right. Absolutely. And I could legitimately be homeless. I'm not running some kind of scam. Mm -hmm. So that's why I usually, but it depends on the setting. Right. Uh, if you come out of a dark alley and ask me for money, I'm going to punch you in the nose and run. Right. But, um, and then sometimes I know if I give you money, you're not going to clock me in the back of the head mm-hmm. two minutes later. So, But you're right. When we were in Seattle, a guy came. But he came right to me. I think it's because I was the only African-American at the bus stop. That's right. And he's like shaking his little coin cup. Yep. And I give him a little money. And then a couple of minutes later, he's at the bar, sitting outside. We, we passed beer. him at an outdoor bar, probably ten minutes later. Right, and I should have known because he had on a, a very nice leather jacket when he was asking for money. So you know, I got duped. And he didn't smell bad. Why don't you remember? I'm your pal. Say, buddy, can you spare a dime? Um, so sadly, we thought we were, were going to make it through another week, um, but it appears that the vagabond exchange curse has hit yet again. Right. And for those who may be listening for the first time this week, apparently we cannot get through a week. But since we started this podcast, a week has not passed without some person of significance passing away. Right. And this week we had, well, these last two weeks we've had a few. Yep. Um, and I think we should just have an opiate segment from now on because it seems like <laughs> this is a constant. But uh, Dominic Dunn passed away, and I, I can't say that. I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's a, uh, I believe he was a journalist, and he also wrote several books, nonfiction and fiction, I'm uh. sure. Um, but he kind of wore this distinctive pair of glasses as kind of how you knew Oh, he was. okay. I think I know who you're talking about. If I saw a picture, I'd probably know. Okay. Um, DJ AM? AM. AM? Yeah, like in the morning. DJ okay. AM. Now, I'll let you 
you know him a little bit better than I do. Um, well, the main reason I know him is because of several years ago, he had gastric bypass surgery. He used to be a very large gentleman mm-hmm. and skinny down. He also dated Nicole Ritchie. Right. And he also was involved in a plane crash last fall, was it? Mm-hmm. About a year ago yeah. with uh, the drummer from um, Blink-182, Travis Barker, who I also adore. Right. Um, and it sounds like since then he has not recovered well from that. He was burned pretty badly in that in that plane crash. Right. Um, and commit suicide. Well, from is, what I understand, he was, uh, and I'm not, and I haven't kept up with this, so mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But I, I guess at one point he did have a drug problem. He did, yes. And then with this crash, there were painkillers involved. Right. And that kind of kicked it back up. And I think he was working with people in rehab at the time. He was on a TV show. Yeah. um, A reality show trying to help people. Right. And so at the same time, I guess he's kind of dealing with these demons of his own. Right. And apparently he had agreed to go to rehab again. Um, he was supposed to either be picked up in Los Angeles or going back to Las, something about Las, or Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and never, when he didn't arrive or get on this plane, they sent someone into his hotel room and found him there. But it sounded like he'd been planning it for a while. Okay. There were some actions that he'd taken. Um, just certain things he'd said to people, some things he'd given away, etc. So it's kind of upset because he actually is a fairly talented DJ, aside from all of his personal life drama. He was my age, I think, 36. Yeah, yeah, sad. Yeah. Um, And probably the biggest... uh, Most profound. Yes. uh, Passing these last couple of... Maybe a week. and It's been a while. Right. um, Was Edward... Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, senator from Massachusetts. Right. He was a he had a, suffered with a, I believe a brain tumor sometime last year, and so he's having a hard time with recovery. And I guess he mm-hmm. finally succumbed. He's kind of a polarizing figure, right? And so uh, he he was very much into human rights. He's very much into civil rights. He's very much into women's rights. You know, there was a point where uh, women in sports weren't getting paid as much as men. Right. And he fought, you know, for equality in that. He, he fought, he's very into health care for children, um, for the elderly. At the same time, he had demons of his own. He's, as we he, all do. Right. Uh, but you had Chappaquiddick in 1969, mm-hmm. where he was in a car crash with a woman, uh, and he left the scene, and I believe it was like 10 hours later before he actually called the police. Right. She was in the car. She drowned. Um, and then years later, uh, and, you know, he comes from this the Kennedy family where you have one brother who was president, another brother who was on his way probably mm-hmm. to becoming president before he was assassinated. Right. He was the last of the Kennedy boys. There were four of them, and all the rest had been killed. Yeah. Uh, two assassinated and one died during the war. Uh, but he was also, he was a philanderer. He was yeah. married, but he's a lot of extramarital affairs. Mm-hmm. He liked the bottle. Yeah. So a lot of people you hear, and this kind of bothers me, that someone was giving a speech a couple of days after he passed, and they mentioned his name, and all these people booed. Really? Yeah. After he passed away? Right. Wow. And so a lot of people, I mean, they... 
there's a visceral response to the Tate Kennedy name. People well, I think any Kennedy, you know, it's sort of everybody, there's an inhale of breath. Right. I, but I don't know. Yeah, if Ted it's Kennedy this, in particular. You're right. right. You're right. Um, so I think, but that's, I think Chappaquiddick is the reason why he never really seriously ran for president. president. He challenged Jimmy Carter, I think back in 80, for the Democratic nomination. But after that, he never really tried. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of the, the side of the, the political aisle, what side that you stand on your feelings towards him. Right. I mean, we're all imperfect human beings. Yep. So, and if you look at JFK, look at Martin Luther King, these guys, even Robert Kennedy, they, they didn't have it, you know, they all had skeletons in their, their closets, so, but they did great things. Exactly. And anytime anyone who on the whole appears to come from a kind place passes away it's upsetting regardless of what may have been behind the scenes the the steve mcnair thing we talked about a a few weeks ago right whatever his indiscretions were it's it's and it's also sad that at in death your indiscretions sometimes eclipse your accomplishments right yes those are the obits yes for this week let's see if we this is going to be a short week between our podcasts Mm -hmm. so let's see if we can make it fingers crossed less than a week before someone passes i'm pretty sure sure as soon as this podcast is over we'll turn on the news and somebody will have passed away or maybe one week our listeners will try to log in and hear our podcast and we just won't be around anymore and they'll wonder we shouldn't stage a mysterious disappearance yes seattle joe you can handle that (laughs) (laughs) ah For all those whose cares have been our concern, the work goes on, the cause endures, the hope still lives, and the dream shall never die. A couple of things from, we both read Entertainment Weekly, Mm -hmm. and a couple of things that I I noticed. Uh, One is that the Beatles are coming out with a box set. Yes. Of 14, a reissue of 14 of their CDs, yes. $200. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and they're coming out with a rock band game. Right. Which is kind of weird because there was a long period of time where they didn't, where I guess it was McCartney. Yeah, they wouldn't lend they would, their name to anything. Right. And they wouldn't let iTunes sell their music mm-hmm. now all of a sudden. So. Well, he had to like give all that money, money to, well, he had to give it all to Heather. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. And the other thing I wanted to say was uh, that was in Entertainment Weekly was the Academy Awards mm-hmm. the next time around. Usually, I think that there's five nominees for a Best Picture. Right. Next year, there's going to be ten nominees. That's too many nominees. I agree. Uh, I think the way that they're going to vote is they're going to rank them from ten to one, and then the lowest vote gets dropped, and then they do it all over again or something like that. But what I was going to say is... Why don't they just rank every film from, like, you know, 1,000 to 1 and then just do it that way? Right? Is that, they, is that the route we're taking? <laughs> uh, but what, what I was going to say is that we should make an effort, cons- you know, assuming we're still doing the podcast next... You and I should make February, an yes. Right. To see all 10 of the films and didn't then do a ranking of our own. That's a good idea. Before the Academy Awards. Okay, I'm in. Okay. Joe, what do you think? 
Yes, and we should do that. We should have people email us, but we'll wait because that's the way it's yeah, away. But just be thinking about it because you know fall's coming up and all the good stuff's coming out. Right. We saw a movie today, actually, um, Extract, which stars Jason Bateman, uh, Mila, is it Mila Kunis? Kunis? Kunis. I don't know how to say her name. I don't know how to say either part of her name. Very, the very beautiful. I'm always stunned by how beautiful she is. She's one of like true Hollywood beauties. It's genuinely attractive. She's very attractive, and she does the voice of Meg on the Family yeah. Guy. And her normal voice is very like sultry. Right. And uh, Kristen Wiig, Wig, Wiig. Mm-hmm. Um, David Kushner. Yes. Yes. Um, ben Affleck. Yes, I forgot about him. Um, but basically, it's about a. Uh, a extract business, like a factory that makes different kinds of extract, like for baking, like almond and cherry and all kinds of fancy flavors. Um, and it's owned by Jason Bateman's character, who apparently started it from scratch. No pun intended. And um, basically, Mila plays a scam artist who finagles her way into this factory for reasons left to be disclosed because I don't want to give anything away. Uh, ben Affleck plays Jason Bateman's kind of wayward bartender friend who has all sorts of harebrained ideas to get him in and out of trouble. And all sorts of uh, prescription drugs <laughs> yeah, as well. N- narcotics <laughs> that, that he recommends and sometimes gives Jason Bateman in error. Yes. Um, Kristen Wiig plays Jason Bateman's wife. They've got some marital issues that they talk about in the movie. But basically it just kind of follows him trying to figure out what to do with his company and what to do with his life. Right. Um, um, what did you think about it? I'm curious to hear. Uh, we should also men- also mention that it was written and directed by Mike, Mike Judge, Judge, who, who I love. Office Space, and of course Beavis and Butthead. And he's adorable too. And he he has a cameo in the film as well. What did I think? I didn't. And I've read that people have said that it was better than Office Space, which I, I don't think no. it was better than Office Space. No. Um, but it was amusing. It was funny. It, it was, wasn't hilariously funny like right. I assumed it would be. Right. But I, I laughed. But it was funny enough. Right. And there was warmth there. It, yeah. it wasn't just for, like we saw The Goods a couple of weeks ago when The Goods was just kind of trying to make Stupid you laugh. Stupid funny. Right. Yeah. Um, there weren't, they, it, I didn't feel like they were trying to drop one-liners or be, they, they talked like people actually talk to each other when right. they say stupid things and when they say profound things. Yes. And um, I actually thought it was a beer company until we saw the movie today. Did uh, you really? Yes. I don't know why. Probably because Did of you the, wonder why it was called Extract? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it just occurred to me. Well, I saw like well, the, I wondered, Laverne and Shirley kind of with the the machinery, like brewery. We went to Milwaukee, and it, that's what it reminded me. Well, of in the last few times we talked about seeing it, you can never remember the name of it, and that makes sense to me now because there, you had no connection to like. I'm, I'm not a cook. I drink <laughs> beer, so that's wishful uh, thinking, I guess. But yes, I I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. good. It had some good laughs. I, Jason Bateman. Fantastic! He could read the phone book, and I'd pay ten fifty to watch him do it. I'm glad he's, he's kind of a cutie. Getting a lot of work. Me too, because you kind of didn't know what would happen to him. Well, he was kind of a child star. And yeah. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But he's he's making, and he was in Hancock, you know, with Will Smith. That's so that was right. A big, and he's in the breakup. Yep, he and, has uh, been in a lot, of, and he's got another one coming out. The couples, Vaughn and yeah. yeah, the couples retreat one. Yeah, extract. Yes. What do you think? What's your rating? 
I would give it a 6.5. And this, again, is William and Emily attempting to get as close to the rating on imdb.com as possible. This is our traditional podcast contest. I would give it a 7. 7.3. That's only with 709 votes, so we'll have to see. But it's up 441% in popularity this week. That's Which true. is always good to know. Yes. Didn't it start to come out this week? Yep. Well, good. Um, Shouldn't it be up like a billion percent in popularity? <laughs> I forget what made me think of this, but the, the previews. Oh, yeah. There was one particular preview that, I don't know, but this movie bothered me and there's no way in hell I'm going to see it. Uh, it kind of had a hangover feel to it. Okay. I don't remember. It had beer in the the. Oh, Tucker Max. I knew you wouldn't want to see that. Okay, Tucker Max is this little shit college student who wrote a book called I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Right. And basically he writes about, and I have to tell you, it's kind of amusing, but it's that typical, like, I don't want to classify him in a certain, like, economic or social genre, but if I had to, I'd say he's a little rich boy. I I think his his father does something of fair amount of significance because he has a lot of money. But he basically, um, he tells all of these stories about his days, both in school and kind of post-school. And there was actually a big scandal. If you look him up, you can read about it. Between him and a beauty queen, I think she was like a Miss Texas or something. But basically, he posted pictures of her, like on his Facebook or something. They had some night of like drunken sexual debauchery. She claimed one thing, he claimed the other. They had a relationship. It wasn't just a night, but a a relationship solely based on sex. And apparently she went crazy. That's his story. There's also a story that he tells about puking uh, after he he eats sushi and his, his pants fall down or something. It's basically just a series of stories about him acting like a drunk asshole. Um, So I was really disappointed to see that they had made that into a movie. And I know it's going to make money, which bothers me. Do you think so? Yeah, I think it it looked It looked like The Hangover, but not as good. Well, I don't... I don't know. That, that. That's from someone who hasn't read yeah. the book. Yeah. No. No. I think you're right. It it looks like it looks like they're trying to make like a a bromance movie, which it won't. But with a complete asshole. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, it reminded me of them trying to do not even just The Hangover, but like um, I Love You, Man, and all those other kind of bromance films that but have you been actually out lately. like those guys in those movies. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just I don't know. I'm kind of worried though because he has a little bit of a college following, mm-hmm. and um. I've seen, like, uh, I remember actually it was last Christmas, not this Christmas, but the Christmas before, I, there were two guys sitting across from me in the airport talking about it, and the one guy was actually reading, it's called Sushi Pants, mm-hmm. reading the story about this this thing that he had, and he just, he's just, like, I'm crass myself, I'll admit to that, but he just borders on, I mean, he objectifies women, he talks about every sexual escapade that he has, he talks about a story where his friend hid in a closet while he had anal sex with a woman, like, it's just crap, it's absolute literary shit, for lack of a better word, and so I was, I'm glad that you said that, though, it makes me feel better. Well, there were two lines in the preview, Yeah. one where he mentions where he says fat girls are the character says fat girls aren't real people. Right. And then another later where he talks about uh, Magic Johnson's a black man and, and, and he, he has AIDS. AIDS and I'm I'm still worse off than him or something right. like that. Right. It sounded like sounded to me like cheap jokes. Right. I didn't find either one of them. Well, it funny. reminds me of things that guys in my in our brother fraternity thought were funny. They constantly made jokes about fat girls and black guys. Like that was 
it was funny. Okay. Well, and maybe so I've... that's what it, that's what scares me is that those kinds of guys are going to check it out. I don't okay. want it to make any money. Zero. I want them to go into the red. <laughs> me too. Anyway. Anyway, that, that preview stood out to me. Uh, another preview in a positive way uh-huh. that we've seen a couple of times is right. The Informant. I'm so excited about yes. that movie, William. Just look, just Matt Damon's hair and the glasses. <laughs> and the mustache. And then Joe McHale is in it as uh, well. Can we talk about Joe McHale? Sure. There was a big, to much to my utter and complete happiness and surprise, I opened my Entertainment Weekly and there was like a four-page spread on my beloved Joe McHale. First of all, Joe McHale is adorable. He's like this tall drink of water who's slightly geeky, but somehow cute too. Mm. He wears those like slim cut suits with the skinny ties. Very, very cute. And he's hilarious. Like he writes his own jokes for the soup, which you and I both love. Right. And he's got that show coming out called Community, which I'm really hoping is going to be funny and isn't going to be stupid. Yes. Um, But he's also in, he's got, he's got a couple little guest spots in movies coming up. But I hope that he's going to be really successful because he's really a funny guy. He is. He's very funny. He's got that sort of like sarcastic, I don't know who to compare him to, but that dry, just like deadpan, sarcastic delivery. But Chevy Chase great. said he reminded him of himself when yeah. he was in Fletch. Yeah, that's kind of what he's like, isn't it? Yes. And f- How great f- would it be to have another Chevy Chase? The kind that was in Fletch would be yeah. awesome because Fletch still makes me laugh to this day. And I yeah. think Joe McHale has that kind of, he's a bit of a prick. Right. Uh, but you but can't you, help you but love him. You want to hang out with the guy because everything he says is true. Even right. If it's, yeah. Chicks want to date him. Guys want to be his best friend. Right. And uh, he does stand up when we haven't had a chance. But I, I, he's in Cal- He's on the east and west coast a lot. He doesn't come. Nobody comes to well, Nashville. Well, he was in Louisville, though. Remember? I know. We were going to go see him, but right. we didn't. <laughs> so anyway, uh, informant, yes. Yes, informant, big yes. Was there anything else that we saw today that we were interested in? You looked at me about some movie. I think I was being silly, though. There was um, one that made me cry. Oh, Clive Owen, the one The Boys Are Back. Uh, yeah. I would like to see that. I would see anything with Clive Owen. I'm a Clive Owen, Owen fan. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a departure from yeah. what you're used to seeing him in. That's so, why I'm intrigued by it. It's, it looks like his wife passes away, and he has to raise his son from that marriage and a previous marriage at right. the same time. But it's a. it looks like it's kind of about them being... Going back to being boys. Right. Bonding. And, right. Yes. So I'm, I was I was tearing up. There was another one that I teared up at, though. And I looked at you because I knew you didn't want to, you wouldn't want to see it. It was very chick flickish. Really? Crud. What was that? Oh, well. We'll talk about it next, next time. Okay. One thing I wanted to ask you about real quick. Yeah. Bill Gates, when he says he's, when he passes away he says he's only going to leave 10 million dollars to his kids i think he has three three kids only 10 million yes the man is worth 40 billion and he's only going to leave 10 million to each of his right 10 million each right not 10 million as a to his children because he wants to make sure that they continue working you know how would 10 million ensure that they would always work well, ten million isn't really a lot of money, especially is when it? you're. Is it really not that much money? If I compared I, to forty billion, no. Okay, compared to forty billion, but two dollars isn't much compared to four hundred. Yes, I mean it's all it's all objective. It's all relative. But if you live a four hundred dollar lifestyle for most of your life, and then you're relegated to living a two dollar lifestyle, 
forty billion, you can pretty much. But it's do not anything. like they're going from from. Uh, it's not like they're going from ten million to twenty thousand. I mean, 40- it's still it's like it's like you're a little less rich. You're not filthy rich. You're kind of rich. Ten million to you and I. Is a lot of money. Well, first of all, you're assuming that those kids are seeing some larger, larger chunk of that forty billion now. Well, they than are in the house million. that they live in, uh, the house in which they live. They, they, and um, whatever other. How do you know? Well, the house is a fifty-five million dollar house, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and they. Where they ride, they have like a, a tram from one end of the house to the other. And those kids, like they somehow have stake in that house or they they don't have chore i mean you're making some assumptions here that they are just living in life living a life of luxury right now that is an assumption i'm making right uh but if you're worth 40 billion dollars the kids are still not worth 40 billion dollars but their father is right but that doesn't mean that he's given that i mean they could he could be giving them 20 bucks a week you don't know yes but the education they receive i'm sure is the best education in the world right I'm sure they're going to go to some of the best colleges. Right. Uh, and right now they live in a great home. Right. What I'm saying is is if, if you have $10 million, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to live in that kind of home anymore. With taxes and everything else, property tax will kill you on that thing. But with taxes and everything else, I just, I think it's a drop off. I think $100 million. Oh, my God. I Why think it's you- Bill Gates' money. I understand. He's and a those very, kids are lucky if they get a penny of it. He's a very charitable fellow. He is charitable, but I also don't think ten million is anything to turn your nose up at. You could put two. I could live. Do you understand what I could do with ten million? I understand what you can do. Yes, but that's what I'm. I mean, the, the, he's not. I assume that Bill Gates's children are not stupid, and I also assume that if he's if his if his intent for their future is to only give them ten million dollars a piece. He has them aware of their finances now and the fact that that $40 billion is not their $40 billion and that they probably have some regimented allowance. He's probably, they probably have some kind of work. If he's expecting them to, Bill Gates doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be like, you've never worked a day in your life, but you're going to have to after I die. I don't think that's the case. I imagine that those kids have to have some kind of product that they have to produce whether it's good grades or a part-time job or something now i mean bill gates didn't start out with a silver spoon in his mouth he built everything himself so i i I think i mean i think this is probably just keeping them on the same course that they would be on but if you think of donald trump if you think of you know van the name vanderbilt Mm -hmm. you have a a legacy there you have old money continuing And what you're basically saying is you guys are pretty much going to have to start from square one. What, why are they starting from square one? I'm failing to see that why this is them starting at square one. First of all, those kids have the Gates name. They're going to get every scholarship or, or every you, internship, every job offer opportunity. You know they have to be intelligent. Melinda Gates is intelligent. I mean, what, how is this? How is, I, don't, I don't understand how this is bad for them. They're gonna they're gonna leave college and have amazing jobs. They're probably gonna be making six figures right out of college. Not only that, but they'll have a ten million dollar little dowry in their backup that they can just collect interest on. But think of all the property that Donald Trump owns. Okay. All the stuff in Atlantic City, Chicago. They you had that new building that's not even open yet. Okay. And basically, him telling his kids, "When I'm gone, all this stuff is going. It's not gonna be yours." 
I'm leaving you this little bit of money. He doesn't say that it's not going to be theirs. He just talks about what he's going to leave them in his will. Those kids could take over his corporation. They could split ownership. They're not... They haven't. They're not. Ki- they're not grown-ups yet. They haven't become contributing members of society. Well, I don't know how old they are actually, but I guess I'm thinking. I'm thinking of old money. How you pass it from one generation to mm-hmm. the other, and he, I get the impression he's saying this is not getting passed to you. You're getting this little bit. All the rest is going to charity. Whatever. I think that's the best lesson he could have taught them. But I'll have to read more into it because maybe you're right. But when I read that somewhere and it just kind of stood out to me. Well, it apparently ticked you off a little bit. A little bit. Somebody wants to be adopted into the Gates <laughs> family, apparently. Well, I guess, what do you think? I mean, you think he should leave all of their fortune, all of his fortune to them? split it among, like uh, Sam Walton did. I think so. Yeah, and look what the Walton kids did with that. Have you been in a Walmart lately? Right. Okay. Maybe this is smart. But part of that, don't you think part of that is upbringing? That you raise your kids to. And that's what I, th- I think this is a continuance of good upbringing on Bill Gates's part. I think he is far too smart to be dumping billions of dollars into the hands of 20 something. Would you do that? No. No, I'm saying if you Yeah, were, I would I would give them an allowance. Yeah, absolutely. I might saying, I might not cap it, but I would definitely say you can only have this much per year. But when you passed on. Yeah. What what I give them I'd make sure it was allotted to them in increments. I wouldn't let them have access to billions of dollars but when, at a time. I'm saying if you were worth 50 billion, mm-hmm. would you give you know Would the I just split of whatever it, my no, leftover would income Would you give was? the majority of it away to people that aren't I'd probably, if I had his kind of wealth, I'd give 50% of it away to charity and split the other 50 amongst relatives. That's all I'm saying. But I would cap it. I wouldn't, I would not let, I mean, I'm thinking about myself right now. If my mom passed away and she left me like $13 billion, I'd probably blow about half of it, to be honest with you. But that's because you weren't raised in a. That's what I'm saying. This is a continuance of good. Of good parenting, <laughs> these kids are going to know how to handle money. Ten million is going to be enough. Enough. Okay, we can agree to disagree. That's right. So uh, I was perusing this month's issue of Wired magazine, which um, appeared at my house at someone's request other than my own so thanks whoever ordered me that subscription because now i'm getting (laughs) hey you don't know me and seattle joe are in cahoots next would be a mail bomb (laughs) william (laughs) seattle joe is not gonna help us um but there's an article in wired magazine about people who have attempted to fake disappearances, their own disappearances in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And it actually chronicled uh, one guy who faked his own drowning. Um, He had had some, he was embezzling money from his company. Um, His family was in financial crisis. Um, I think he wasn't happy at his job in general, but basically he fakes his death, um, moves away, doesn't, his wife didn't know about it or allegedly didn't know about it. Yeah. Right. Um, but then later ends up contacting his wife, and she packs up their daughter and move. They, he he creates his own, creates a new life, a new resume, et cetera. Gets a well-paying job in a new city, um, in another state, and 
inevitably gets caught in this. Um, but it was a very interesting article because I've never really thought about what it would truly be like to disappear, like disappear. Right. No one know. No, like not your mom, not your brother, not your wife. No one know and have no connection to your past at all. I think that's what vacations are for. <laughs> are because they? I think for about a week, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, after that, I think it would be horrible. Yeah. And plus the fact that we live in a digital age. Right. And so you're leaving digital footprints all over the place. Right. I love my internet. I love my cell phone texting mm-hmm. you can't do any of that at least not with something that can be traced back to you right you'd have to have Pre-paid all new phones. things right yeah. and you're constantly looking over your shoulder right like right this i'm sure this guy was doing and i guess he got caught when he was trying to enroll his daughter right well yeah something the school their daughter's school somehow caught figured out that there was something up with this little girl or, or I don't know what happened, but they raised a red, red flag when they realized that her first name was the same as this little girl that had had a missing father in Albuquerque. They ended up in, like, South Dakota or right. something. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I thought was interesting is they talked a lot about how um, it's really – it's a lot harder than you would think to just shed everything that you, used to be a part of you. Right. Um, like hobbies and – even just the fact that, like, answering to a new name. Right. And I never really even thought of that. Like, if, if someone called me, you know, Sarah instead of Emily, I probably wouldn't turn around if somebody said Sarah. Mm-hmm. And that would be weird. Well, that's funny. <laughs> if that was supposed to be my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was watching uh, Sleeping with the Enemy a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Where um, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts leaves her abusive husband and she takes on a new name. Right. A new I- identity. And the guy calls out her name, and she never turns around. Right. But she's always looking over her shoulder. Right. I just, I can't, to me, it seems like a bit of a trap. Yeah. You feel like you're in a cage that you can't get out. That's why the whole witness protection program, I would hope that, it's like at the end of Goodfellas, mm-hmm. when uh, Ray Liotta's in the witness protection program, you're mm-hmm. stuck. Yeah. I mean, you, especially with that, you can't get out. If you do. You're on your own. Right. And you probably dead you should move to like antarctica or something right but you can't contact your your parents your loved ones and that's the big that's that's what i always wondered i thought what how how badly would things have to get to the point where i i would be willing to never pick up the phone and call my mom again i can't imagine i can't i can't imagine how badly things would have to get for me to compromise that you know right or call you how bad would things get how bad would things have to get for me to be willing not to call William? Right. But with your parents, especially slightly, with mine. Slightly worse than if. They're getting older. Yeah, and exactly. And so you want to make sure that they're doing well. And if you can't, if the, you have no way of knowing right. how someone you love is doing, it's got to be torturous. Yep. Very interesting article, but I hope I'm never. In that position. Right. So uh, that concludes part two of episode 10. Again, 
We'd love to hear from you. Email us ideas, suggestions, criticisms. Um, and Seattle Joe, I apologize. I just as you should. Yes. Please, please don't. I'm just funning. Don't cross us off your list, Joe. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, we don't have any hiatuses planned anytime soon. So you should hear from us shortly. Right. Um, what are we going to talk about next week? Do you know? Um, Do we have any okay. movies? Anything coming up? There's probably well, there are a couple of movies out that we talked about, seeing like Taking Woodstock and eh. oh, um, Cold something other Paul Giamatti's movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Big Fan. I don't know when that's coming out, but we definitely want to see that. Pat. Oh, and Paper Heart. Paper Heart. That's yes. what we'll talk about next. We'll week. talk about Paper, Paper Heart. Heart. Yep. So thanks for listening. Um, feel free to email us vagabondexchange at gmail dot com, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.